It's Thursday, the 8th of February, 2024. Welcome to the Fast Five Business News by Fear and Greed, where we give you the top five business stories you need to know in just five minutes. I'm Michael Thompson, and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Sean, we've got five stories to get through in five minutes. Let's get going. Story number one, bit of good news for workers sick of maybe fielding work emails and calls after they've clocked off for the day. With the government close to reaching a deal with the crossbenchers to pass legislation allowing workers just to ignore bosses' calls after hours. I love this story. Labor reached a deal on a right to disconnect that will allow millions of workers to clock off After hours, if bosses keep calling, workers can seek orders to stop them reaching out with potential fines for breaches. It is a contentious segment of the government's second tranche of its closing loopholes legislation. Other parts of the legislation includes casual conversion rights, minimum pay for gig workers and road transport laws. The Greens announced a deal yesterday calling it a big win after proposing the right last year. Crossbench Senator David Pocock and former Green Senator Lydia Thorpe are also expected to support the bill that will give the government its needed majority in the Senate. Uh, so basically, Sean, the new legislation gives workers the right to turn their phones off and ignore those calls from work, ignore the emails from work until they return the next day or for their next shift. Yes, it's been a growing cause of concern for many Australians that they just can't log off because managers keep sending texts or emails. As Green Senator Barbara Pocock said, Australian workers have a road to a new right, a right to turn off their phone and to turn on their attention to their family, to their health and to join many countries around the globe that have established a right to disconnect for workers in a universe where tech is very different. All right, there we go. On to story number two. Big news, Australia's two biggest energy companies, Woodside and Santos, have called off plans for a mega merger, sending the latter's share price down 5.5%. Woodside Energy Chief Executive Officer Meg O'Neill said she wasn't convinced a deal would create value for shareholders. Some large investors had voiced concerns that there weren't a lot of synergies between the two companies. Basically, that means there's not a lot of easy cost savings if the merger goes ahead. Santos is the loser out of the announcement, with the company's management now under pressure to find another way to ramp up its value potentially by acquisition or maybe finding another partner or something. Talks began last year. They're only confirmed in December. Combined, the two would have been worth around $80 billion. Story number three, National Australia Bank has appointed 48-year-old Andrew Irvine, who's currently the head of business lending at the Melbourne-based bank, as the next CEO, and he's going to start in the job in April. I reckon running one of the big four banks in Australia is as blue chip a CEO role as they come. And the dual Canadian British citizen has been with NAB since late 2020. He beat out internal candidate Rachel Slade, currently head of retail operations for the role. Outgoing boss Ross McEwen is considered one of the best CEOs of the bank in the past couple of decades. And the group's share price fell after the announcement that he was stepping down. He's been in the job for four years. Now, the boss of Westpac, guy called Peter King and the boss of ANZ, a guy called Shane Elliott, are also expected to announce their retirements this year, according to media reports, making for a very fresh-faced bunch of bank CEOs by the end of the year, Michael. Story number four, Sean, why are we paying more at the supermarket for so many goods? Everyone's very quick to, uh, to, to point the finger at the supermarkets themselves, but now Coles says it's not entirely their fault with suppliers and farmers doubling their requests for higher prices. Higher labour and energy costs and supply chain problems have been the driver of most cost increases, as have seasonal issues like weather and natural disasters. But in its submission to the Senate inquiry into supermarket prices, Cole says last year it received about 73 requests a week on average 
from suppliers to up their prices. Two years earlier, it was just 42 requests per week on average. Coles is a big company. It spends about $32 billion each year buying goods from more than 8,000 suppliers, and the average household spends about 10% of income on food and groceries. Now, Coles said shoppers are becoming more value conscious. In Woolies' submission, the grocer said shoppers are being treated to higher levels of competition and choice, and that competition has intensified in recent years. Also providing submission yesterday was Fruit Growers Victoria. Slightly different take. They said the big supermarkets had so much power that they were being forced to sell fruit below the cost of production. Last one, story number five. Big pharmaceutical company Eli Lilly is giving some of the big tech companies on Wall Street a run for their money with its share price having doubled this year, Sean. It is now bigger than Tesla, worth about $670 billion US dollars. The surge reflects investor confidence that Eli Lilly's obesity and diabetes drug portfolio will continue to grow rapidly. Obesity and diabetes, of course, are related, and Eli Lilly is considered at the cutting edge of developing drugs to address both. The company this week said it's taking on its biggest expansion ever to try and manufacture enough drugs to meet demand. The other big player in the market is Novo Nordisk. In fact, earlier this week, Novo Nordisk said it bought three manufacturing plants for about 11 billion US dollars. Obesity and diabetes drugs are very, very big business. They certainly are. That's it. The top five business stories in five minutes. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Thursday, the 8th of February, 2024. Remember to hit follow on the podcast. If five minutes isn't enough, you can find our longer daily show called Fear and Greed Business News wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget there's a new episode of How Do They Afford That out now, our sister podcast, all about making your money work harder for you. This week's episode is about the top 10 ways to save money this frugal February. It's a good one. I'll put a link in today's show notes. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was the Fast Five Business News by Fear and Greed. Have a great day.